But here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. All right. Hello and welcome back to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. I'm here with my fellow host, Kevin Reynolds. Happy to be here. Andrew Hovecamp. Did you say who you are? Oh, I'm Flynn. Andrew Hovecamp. <laughs> well, how's it going, guys? <laughs> and, and, and Jacob Pretty. Boom shakalaka. Close enough. This is the first time all all four of us has been together in a while, I feel like, isn't it? At least a month. Yeah, three, three plus episodes. Of yeah, that. so welcome back. Welcome back. We got the whole crew together. It's going to oh, be a fantastic boy. episode. I'm so Which excited. Which means that it's going to be awful. We're going to yeah, take forever. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Buckle in. You already know how long it is by just looking at your phone, um, but we don't know how long it's going to be, so it's going to be a surprise for us, but not for you. Um, so make sure to follow us on the Twitters and the Instagrams, at AirdsBNB. Also, if you'd like to join our Patreon page uh, to help support the show, um, help help support uh, our good friend Jacob after he went on strike um, to to back from my strike pay for some of his his time and effort as well as make the the podcast better he is a fantastic editor of the of the podcast he is a professional doing this for not much uh, other than our ridicule so um <laughs> help 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 us to help you um so let's let's drink some bourbon tonight I am drinking... Help us not hurt your ears. <laughs> tonight, I am drinking 1792, um, bottled in bond. And so, 1792 has a couple of labels. Um, a few of them are harder to find. The small batch is pretty good, um, but the bottled in bond... We've talked about the bottled in bond act of 1897 um, before on the podcast, but basically, it's 100 proof distilled and barreled and and aged and bottled all in the same location under lock and key. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a delightful bourbon. I'm probably going to delve into my 12 year at some point of the 1792, uh, on this podcast. Uh, Kevin, what are you drinking? Not starting with the 12 year is a strange decision, but okay. I uh, don't understand. Well, not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. I'm going I'm to oh, do 12 year probably next week. I was like, you're like, my next backup week. bourbon is a 12 year. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, the 12 year is much harder to find. The bottled and bond <laughs> yeah. is hard to find. The 12 year and the foolproof, which I haven't found a bottle of the foolproof yet. I really want one. Um, those are extremely hard to find. Okay. Well, all right. Well, that makes more sense. The way you said it was a bit confusing. No, not tonight. I, Um, I was at the Kroger Liquor the other day, and um, it was Wednesday, and there was a woman who came up to me while I was buying bourbon, and she said, you look like someone who knows about bourbon, and I said, I do. She said, well, let me give you something you've never tried. She was doing a tasting of a new bourbon called Old William Tar Manchester Reserve Small Batch, and this is is an interesting... Yeah, it is. Um, Sounds British. It's even more complicated. No, it's it's Kentucky. It's it's in Bardstown, Kentucky, um, and it's it's a really interesting bourbon because it's it's really actually not a bourbon. Um, it's a mix between an eight year rye and a seven year old bourbon, but it's ninety ten the rye and the bourbon. So it's ninety percent rye, eight year, ten percent bourbon, seven year. But, uh, you know, I said last week, I'm not huge on rye's, but when I tasted this, I thought it was really interesting. I turned it over, looked at the mash bill on the back, and the eight-year rye is only 51% rye. So even the Mm. rye itself is not a high rye. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 114 proof. It's being endorsed... 
you know, I almost didn't buy it because it's being endorsed by the head football coach for the University of Kentucky, and um, and it's, <laughs> supposedly it's like his new project, kind of like Le Perry. Yeah, um, but that that <laughs> I was being, thinking Mark Stoops. It, it is Stoops. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Oh, did you say football? football? I thought you said basketball. Yes. Yeah. No, no, no I, I definitely I wouldn't buy it. If it John was Calipari is now also coaching football. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord, Flynn, you are all over the place already. Absolutely. You know. So anyway, 114 proof. It's a phenomenal pour. It it is a premium, so it is it is 79.95 a, a bottle. You can buy it online. They can ship it to you. You can buy it. You can go pick it up at the distillery. Um, but it's really really good, and and I'd recommend it. It was a surprise. I had never seen it before. I think it's relatively new. They only have two bourbons for sale there um, on their website. This one, and then they have a. Uh, a small batch in single barrel option of their of their Kentucky straight bourbon, but but give it a try. William Old William Tar Manchester Reserve. Hope what you drink. Nice, nice. So uh, yeah, so this past and uh, was is at Barren River Lake and not not the state park that uh, Kevin is familiar with and I are familiar with from a particular event that we went to in college. Uh, but the same lake, so I was like, okay, um, I'm going to bring down some fun stuff, you know, some old traditions. Uh, and there are two old traditions that I thought would be fitting for a bachelor party on a lake. One was Danger Zone, which I politely did not do. The other one was <laughs> Turkey Calls. So I picked up a handle of the 101 and uh, brought it on down, and uh, we did not finish the handle of 101. So I have so most of a handle, of, handle 101. of 101. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I poured it into my decanter, uh, which is a fifth, and there's still plenty in the bottle. Uh, it turns out when you're 30 and you don't have the same peer pressure amongst your friends, turkey calls end up being like a couple of guys take some shots. Yeah, so do you want to explain turkey calls briefly? Yeah, it's pretty simple. You yell gobble, 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 and pour out some wild turkey, and people take shots. Yep, yep. You hear the turkey call, you come running, you take a shot of wild turkey 101, you go about your day. Most of the time they start around 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, and you're really not sure why you're happy you're doing it, but you are the entire <laughs> time. So, so yep, yeah, I'm drinking some 101, which is typically probably the bourbon that I will go to after I start from here on out, but I thought it was deserved a nice uh, shout-out of its own. There you go. But Pretty, what are you sipping on? So tonight I have uh, a sample from a, I think she was listener of the week, one week I wasn't here. Um, uh, Taryn gave me uh, a bottle uh, for because I take her dog out. Um, so she gave me a small bottle like of Like on a date? Kirkland. No, no, he killed her dog. No. He, oh, he took, oh, he dog took her out. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, took her out back. She put a hit out on her own dog, mm-hmm. so I took it out. Yeah. No, it's a great dog. Anyways, um... She gave me a small, one of those taster bottles of, I can't remember if it's the Kirkland small batch or single barrel, but either way, it is one of the, the Kirkland signature um, uh, smaller batches of bourbon, and it is delicious. Um, so they're, they're bottled, um, they're from 1792, so it kind of has that, uh, I always think of 1792 having a little bit, um, just kind of like a, a almost, not smokier, but kind of just a little spicier flavor. Um, so it's great. Love it. Um, but apparently, uh, you can get this particular bourbon at Costco. You can get like a liter of it for like 20 bucks or something. Yeah, it's a crazy deal. Or 22. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is really good, really good bourbon. Um, and hey, 
Costco, Kirkland. The Kirkland Signature stuff, shout out, not a sponsor, but still, they're great. Yeah, definitely not a sponsor. It would be awesome if our first sponsor ever was Kirkland Brands. (laughs) That would be amazing. Yeah, Kirkland actually makes some really good stuff. Their diapers are fantastic. Their their, chocolate-covered almonds are delicious. Uh, Their cheese trays are just phenomenal. Their cheese trays are amazing. I'm not sure they make the Um, They also have some good, uh, I believe they have some good uh, razor blades, too, you know, for shaving. Yeah, Costco's, Costco's where it's at. Kirkland, not a sponsor. Can we do a Go podcast shop now? at Costco. <laughs> yeah, let's do a podcast. Uh, so tonight we have three segments for you. It's going to be this podcast is rank, followed by a um, Dr. Reynolds story time. Uh, and then it's going to be uh, an eight simple rules. We're going to bring that segment back. So um, who wants to kick us off with this podcast is rank? This podcast is rank. All right, so here we go. We got another round of This Podcast is Ranked. So this week, uh, just to kind of sum this up, this is by far, in a way, our most popular topic. All five of you who listen have requested it multiple times. Uh, But this is one that that I believe Kevin suggested or wanted to bring up, this particular topic. So before, we've ranked uh, Adam Sandler movies, um, but arguably... uh, the one of the greatest, if not the greatest, comedian of all time is the late great Robin Williams. So this week we're going to be ranking Robin Williams movies. No. Now just a quick summary no. of no. this podcast. No, 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 no. Let's get this right. We are ranking Robin Williams' greatest performances. So there's a difference because there are Adam Sandler movies Fair. that are all about him that he wrote, produced, and starred in. There are, there are. You know, if we had done Adam Sandler's greatest performances, uh, that might have been more difficult Uncut to gems. do. Yeah, but this is really sure, about sure. Robin Williams, the actor. Um, you know, I would I would amend your statement to say the greatest character actor of all time. Um, That's fair. Uh, and his greatest performances. So let's make sure we're clear about that because there are some bad movies that he's excellent in. That is true. And there are also some very dramatic roles that he has just knocked out of the park and, like, shows up the best of people. So to quickly summarize, again, uh, how this works, uh, we all uh, take turns um, presenting an option. Uh, Each person in the ranking has both a veto card and a challenge card veto card the movie gets or the uh, performance gets removed can't be said there at that number challenge card the challenger must present a challenge and then the rest of us vote on it so with that uh, i can't remember the order you get to choose the order you get to choose the order jacob oh i get to choose the order um well because we didn't set one i am so you get to choose That's oh, great, true. great, great. That's true. We so my, <laughs> we're so prepared. We're professionals, <laughs> professional podcasters at this point. Uh, uh-huh. All right. So the order is going to be uh, Hove Camp, Kevin, Flynn, Pretty. Excellent. Hove, you are so up, Hove Camp. Yeah, I didn't particularly want to go first because I'm not. It's okay. I'm gonna. I, I wanted to put someone I else first I so I can. I, no, I'm. Yeah. I'm happy to go first and throw out a rock solid Robin Williams performance. I just like if someone challenges it with something different. I'm not sure I'm gonna really bring the heat on the argument because I feel pretty, pretty fine about a few different performances. But I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do Dead Poet Society at number one. I I gotta tell you, I am. Um 
That is among my favorite movies of all time. But I am very passionate that the first overall pick on this list has to be Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, yes. That is Robin Williams' greatest performance of all time. Too challenging? Or yeah, are you yes, vetoing? Yes. I was pretty clear I was, I was challenging. I could veto and, and <laughs> nominate next. But, yeah, it, all the things who's, I just who, said were, ch- were challenge-like behaviors. Me. Pretty, pretty, pretty run through that order again. It's you, me. It's Hove Camp, Kevin, Flynn, me. That's going to be a nightmare to remember. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's four names to remember. And it's, it's the same four names as our four names. Yeah, it's easy. <laughs> so, Flynn and uh, Jacob. <laughs> it's, it's 100% Mrs. Doubtfire. You get the comedy and you get the heart and the serious dramatic acting all wrapped up into one awesome movie. Yes. Yeah. It's Mrs. Doubtfire. It's, that's fine. Yeah. I conceded. Uh, uh, yeah, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you, there were several. Like, my top four, uh, it was kind of just... But, yeah, no, I'm in for that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am not particularly passionate about the ranking order of, of my last five or six, as long as they make the list. But I was I was pretty, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire needs to be All right, number Kevin, one. you're back up. Yeah, number two is Genie uh, in Aladdin. So, just so I can understand this, you're wanting to just all-encompassing knockout both times he's played the genie by just saying the genie. Are you talking about the Return of Jafar? Yeah. No, no, he didn't voice that in Return of Jafar, uh, but he did in King of Thieves. Okay, so are you talking about King of Thieves? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stop clear, it. He's clearly it's talking about genie from uh, from the Aladdin. Um, yeah. I'll actually throw a challenge back to you here, Kevin. Okay. Okay. With uh, with the birdcage. Yes. Because I think the the live yes. action it's it's similar to your argument with Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, Aladdin is amazing. Genie's amazing. Voice acting is different than the character he portrays in the Birdcage, which is a better performance because of the complexity. Uh, I can't I can't say this with absolute certainty, but I'm willing to say I think the genie, Robin Williams playing the genie, plays at least 50 other characters as genie because he impersonates other characters in the film uh, or known personas in the film. Um, it's just a better performance because it's, he shows off his versatility and what he does best. Birdcage is fine, but I've quoted it exactly zero times in my life. And I, when I think about, um, you know, funny things that happen in Disney movies, I, I quote the genie in Aladdin all the time. It's, it's the only, it, he makes the, the problematic wishes that take place in that movie make it a, a bad, make it almost a bad film, but it can't be because the genie's performance is so amazing. It makes the oh, whole no. thing. Gen- genie's great. Performance so, is great. Um, I, he- I hear you on the challenge. A reason, there's a reason, be- a reason Beauty and the Beast is like, they may have to make a separate category for animated because it's kind of cheating. I don't I don't think you're going to win this though because I don't think Flynn has seen Birdcage. <laughs> Let me say this. Let me oh, say this. Oh, God. It's I, so good. One, I have not seen Birdcage, but I have... He'll do the honorable thing. So I have heard... An interview with Hank Azaria uh, talking about Birdcage and talking about how it could potentially in 2021 be problematic um, to the LGBTQA plus community. So um, I think Jeannie is is by far and away right up there with Mrs. Doubtfire as a great performance. So uh, nothing was really going to sway me on that one. Jacob, where are you? Are we are we picking a number or have I? Yeah, because I'm I'm Birdcage. I'm all in on Birdcage. Uh, okay. And since since Pretty has seen both movies, his vote counts as one and a half. That, that is not, not true. <laughs> that is not true. 
so Flynn, send a text message to Pretty with the number one or two. Okay, hold on. And I, I think I pick it because I challenged. Sure. Is that how Durr. is that how we've done that in the past? Sure. Durr. Pretty confirm yep. receipt of the text. Uh, received. Two. It's one. So genie wins. Bastard. Aladdin genie wins. I am like mm. two for two on those uh, nice pick a number challenges. Kevin. I might be three for three actually thinking back. So okay, nice so work. that means that was the first one I've lost. All right, this so is also the first Flynn one that we haven't been now. on the same team. That's true. Flynn, you're oh, up. That's true. That means I'm up. <clears throat> I think I have to put Goodwill Hunting up there. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a fantastic movie. Um, he's a great teacher in the movie, and he's he's the that 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 uh, the the quote. He's a, he's a therapist. Um, no, yeah, he's a teacher a, at a, a boys' school, right? No, that's Dead Poets Society. That's Dead Are Poets you Society. Kidding me, Flynn? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh my god! <laughs> Which is the one that That <laughs> was so on brand. I was gonna say because um, uh, he's a very problematic therapist, but he's it's a okay. great role. He's just a bad bad therapist. Oh, then I haven't seen Good Health. Okay, I'm going to put Dead Poet Society oh here. Then, because I don't think I've seen... <laughs> I always get them mixed up. <laughs> one's got Brendan Fraser as one of the kids. Yeah. The other one's got Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen the, the Matt Damon one, so... Didn't, um, did we do How the Dead How do you Like Ben Apples as a quote, Kevin? Yes, we did. Yes, we yes. did. Okay. Yes. Dead Poet Society. And he missed it because he never seen it. Yeah, so I'm fine. Sense. I'm fine with Dead Poet Society. There, <laughs> I, I will say this. I was I was all here for Goodwill Hunting. It should be on this list because Goodwill <laughs> oh, Hunting is be. my favorite movie of all time ever. Um, <laughs> and Robin Williams Oops. is excellent in it. But okay. I I mean I've had Dead Poet Society number one. Um, yeah. I have Goodwill Hunting number three. The Birdcage splits them. So obviously I'm fine with this, but like. Flint, get your house in order, man. <laughs> Pretty, are you doing anything with Dead Poet Society? No, I think I, Dead Poet Society is top five for me, so I'm fine with it being three. All right, then what is four? Uh, four, in my opinion, has to go and be Hook. Yep. He is phenomenal. It is the best telling of Peter Pan hands down outside of well, NKU He's well yeah awesome. outside of 2000 <laughs> outside of Kevin Reynolds NKU. at NKU yeah, you're right you're right sorry no offense no um, offense I'm pretty sad you didn't uh you didn't double down on the birdcage with me and I don't think you did no, no, it no. For, it's... for a great movie oh Hook's well, incredible well I did it Hook is I, awesome I, I wanted Bang to rang. I, I have Hook ranked slightly above the birdcage in my ranking and that's why I threw it on here birdcage in my opinion will still make top 10 I will make sure of that but Hook is above Birdcage in my opinion. I have Birdcage at 10, just so you know. I've got Hook down at I have nine. it at like 7, I don't know if 6 or 7. So I thought Hook was a fun. I mean, you can challenge. I, I, can, veto. I can't. You can challenge. veto. Oh, you're right. You can veto, though. I'll veto it. it. I'm going to veto it. Hook's not that. His performance okay. in Hook is not not top three worthy. Okay. That, that right. might be so, a fair I, statement, but but Okay. I would, I, the end of my list, I don't particularly care to challenge or veto as much as the top. Yep. That's fair. So I'll run it. I'll run out. I'll run so. dry in three. It's pretty right. standard for You're, me. So <laughs> yep. Hove Camp. <laughs> Come on, Hove. Hove Camp's done with uh, stuff, and uh, it's back to you. So what's number four then? Um, I will actually put up Goodwill Hunting. Good man. Okay. I'm cool with that as well. I would have loved for it to have been Hook, but it's fine. All right. 
moving right along. Those are my Kevin. those are my top four. So good job, us. It, I mean, it's three um, of my top four, so it's it's hard to argue any of it. I was fine with all four of them. Okay. Interesting. We have two. Hold non- on. Hold on. We have we're at we're at five, right? This is five. Uh, this yeah. will be this the fifth pick. Five. Yes. Yeah yeah. 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 Okay. So I want to go with Hook. Staring at another name. Okay. I like, I think Hook might be a movie I have better memories with, but the performance is better in Patch Adams. Patch Adams should be five. Mm. I'm fine with that. Oh. I like it. Flynn hasn't seen it. And <laughs> God, we have got to neutralize his uninformed votes in this. Sometimes I'm just gonna start. I gave start so much, so much for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> just gonna throw out vetoes Patch, left and right. Patch Adams is like number nine or ten for me. I mean, I've, there's other ones. I'm gonna veto. Sorry, Patch Adams is great and deserves top ten, but I've got it at seven. It's, it's. I think it's pretty rock solid up there. It's okay. All right. Blend what is number five? What have right, you seen? There, we we are we are what, getting. What, what movie have you seen? We're getting to the bottom of the barrel of things that I've seen. Oh um, <laughs> yeah, we, I know that. You've seen, you've I'm looking it. at the rest you've of my list. We, he's about to put up Night at the Museum, guys. I'm pretty sure. I'm about there. to put up Jumanji. <laughs> oh my God! Seriously? That one I'm okay with. Yeah, I'm okay with it. At five, I'm okay with that. At five, I, mean, I don't. I, I, I don't I love it at five. Um, no, I, 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 I think it's better than Patch Adams. It, no, I, I'm, I, I'm fine with his five because I'm, I need to, be, I need to keep my veto for when he does put up Night at the Museum. Um, <laughs> that does not. <laughs> I have, on you list. have your veto, and I have my Night at the Museum card. Yeah, I know. He so also I'm not, has, I'm not he also has anything. both a challenge and a muse- and a uh, veto. <laughs> so a museum. He, he is going to <laughs> a museum. He has a challenge and a He's museum. going to outlast you on that veto, so he can put. I have a challenge. I have this. a veto, and I have a night at the oh, museum. Yeah. You're talking go. to the man that un- unreleased put Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff in the top ten baseball movies of all time. <laughs> like know. Night at the Museum's gonna be on this list because uh, Flynn's better than us at this. Okay. <laughs> oh, he didn't just put Eddie's million dollar don't, cook-off don't in the Don't hate top the player, 10. hate the There's game. other things. So, Jumanji I only is hate up. the player. Hope Camp can do nothing. I'm not doing anything pretty. Can... I'll let Jumanji stand at five. All right. Hey, it's in my top five, so I'm cool. All right, then you're up next, sir. All right. Doubling back down. Here we go again with Hook at number six. I'm good with it. Bang, ring. Huffkamp can't do anything, and Flynn probably Rufio. has seen it. You haven't seen nope. Hook? Nope. Oh, Good man. Lord. Rufio. 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 Flynn, Rufio. we're going to watch Hook. Um, I'm going to come over and we're no, going to watch No, actually, the veto was to move it from three to six, essentially, and that is exactly what I wanted to happen. So, veto well well used. All right. Hove, seven? Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm putting the birdcage in it. We're, we're at the bottom of the list. Birdcage is better than my next top movie. All right, Huffcamp uh, does it yes. here. Pretty's going to say okay, then I go next, then Flynn goes next. I veto his at nine. You're really chessing this out Yeah, I think we can get back to this without... Okay, uh, I'm fine <laughs> with it, only because I want to save my veto for Flynn. So Birdcage at seven? <laughs> yeah, unless Flynn's going to waste it. Burn something, Flynn. Do it. Nope. <laughs> nope. He's so stuck. All right, Kevin. What is Pat, number Patch seven? Adams. Patch Adams is number eight. 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 <sighs> Wait a minute. Kevin, are we're, you really we're already at past me? eight. We are at eight. 
We're at number eight. At eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is our fastest ranking yet. Yeah. We're we're flying. I like this. It's because oh, it's because we put a time limit on our on our podcast tonight. Well, that and we also. It also, the fact that Flynn hasn't seen any Robin Williams <laughs> movies. Wouldn't say any. All right, well. I think we all probably have the same 12, which I, makes this I fine. really don't. Oh, gosh. See, for me, Patch Adams is maybe 10. Maybe. Uh, this His is, performance? Flynn. Are you kidding? Pretty, you can. Flynn, are you doing anything? Pretty, you can win a challenge on this with me. I won't tell you how, but you can. I'm up next, and I don't. I don't think that the one I'll put up will stand with you all. So. All right. Well, I'm gonna challenge then Kevin on Patch Adams, and I'm gonna throw in Good Morning Vietnam. That was the one. <laughs> that is. That is. That I mean, was the only one. I know the. Yeah, I know I, a quote from that movie, so I'll vote for it. <laughs> you know the name of the movie. <laughs> it, it's yelled in the movie. <laughs> Flynn, do the quote. Do the quote. How you know it. Good morning, Vietnam. Not bad. Yeah, see? That's pretty good. When what is number nine? <laughs> Kevin's so upset. Um, one hour photo. <laughs> that movie Whoa. is so creepy. Are you it kidding is. me? Oh, it's a God. very good wait, perform- wait, performance. It's a fantastic you performance. Have, wait. Flynn, you, you haven't seen, seen I've Pat- seen that. You haven't seen most of these movies and you've seen one hour photo. Oh, are you yep. kidding me? What was your <laughs> I've seen it. It's a creepy movie, but it's a fantastic performance. So Flynn is forcing me to use my veto on one hour photo at nine. <laughs> just so that it can hopefully get back to him and he can challenge something and win with That movie can't be on this list. <laughs> I absolutely think it could, but... It's a very good performance. He's a fantastic yes. actor in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's a fantastic ranking, actor in every movie. Yeah, we're ranking but, yes. Robin Williams' performances. And that's a... It, it, this is going back to best Harry Potter characters. Umbridge deserves to be on the list. This deserves to be on this list. Not more than Patch Adams. Not more than Jack. Jacob the Liar. World according to Garp. I'll walk away from this podcast fine if the last two are Patch Adams and Jack, but they're not going to be, and this is absurd. Fisher King. It might be. There's still time. I mean, I'm I'm out. Oh, Hope Camp's out. Flynn's the only one with stuff. Left. I have it's both of my things plus a night at the museum. I'll so. veto. One hour okay. photo. <laughs> That's at nine, okay. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means it's pretty and me. You. And then it gets to you. So we can, yep. I think we can exhaust Flynn and you. I know, I know. Ma- maybe, okay. maybe, maybe. <laughs> What's number nine? Pretty. See, this is tough. Oh, um, I would want to throw this on here, but you all, nobody probably knows. I'm just, just giving a shout out. I'm not actually submitting this, oh, we're but doing I'm giving a, a shout out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. giving a shout out to Mork and Mindy. Respect. He was, that was his breakout stuff. He was hilarious. Yep, it's, it's, you know, the spinoff of Happy Days. It's awesome. He's great. Um, but if I'm looking at this from strictly performances, uh, okay, uh, it'll probably not pass with you all, but it's fine. I'm gonna go with Flubber. <laughs> nice. Come on. I love it. I love it. Come on. I love that movie. I love that movie. I forgot about Flubber, honestly. <laughs> He's so bad in that movie. 
I didn't forget that about movie Flubber. Is so bad. Oh yeah, I mean, so it's I'm definitely on. bad, but he makes it good. That's a movie that is uh-huh. bad, but he makes it no, good. No, he doesn't. It's only the time when the on Flubber. Tomatoes. Only the time when Flubber is on the screen is that movie good. The rest of it is both sad and terrible. Flynn, please do something. All right, so Flynn's gonna let it go. I'm, I know good, I'm good with it. I'm 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 solid. I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of hate myself for tossing it because I was kind of hoping someone was going to, like, challenge or veto. You know Flynn's the only one with any left. It's one of his worst movies on... Yeah, you do realize that I did. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's one of his worst movies, but I love it. I love Flubber. It's so bad. Oh, man. I burned through a challenge and a veto in three... Why did you what? Are you playing chess? I don't know why I've actually... No. I, I'm looking at my list like, why did I actually present Flubber? I thought Kevin was going to challenge it. I just challenged one-hour nice, photos so that we could I, possibly I get two other good movies back on this list. And it gets Dang back it. to Flynn it's winning because, at the game. Because because here's why, Pretty. <laughs> I use mine to to properly rank as many things as early as possible. Kevin uses his to assert his will wherever he feels it is most egregiously uh, off. And Flynn uses his slyly to make everyone mad at the end. You're the only one that doesn't have a thing with these. No matter, <laughs> so no matter you what. You really have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> no matter what Because you your says, thing should be thwarting Flynn. No matter what Hubcamp says next, Flynn, Flynn's going to veto. And then I'm going to say whatever, and he's going to challenge with something. And you guys have to choose my movie over his movie. Otherwise, he's won. Just so you know. I think here's, here's, <laughs> here's how I think I think – Kevin, that we I worst case scenario, I'll make it okay. Best yeah. case scenario, yeah. we get the proper movie right. on here. Right. Right. I'll you, put you, I'll put Jack up. Good. I'll put Jack up at ten. Good. I, I'm glad we didn't have to talk about it. Uh, that's, a, that's fine. Okay. And uh, yeah. Jack is incredible, and Patch Adams it's is number good. ten. Okay, I'm challenging, uh, and I'm gonna <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, do the one that that I think Hove Camp's okay with. One hour photo. No. Patch Adams is higher on my list than One Hour Photo. Pretty. One Hour Photo is on my list, and I respected you for throwing it out there. I really did. I, I'm surprised he's um, seen it. Um, I don't respect it in the top ten. Like, okay, so we've done Caged In marathons before, and Flynn, I just, I, we've got to do a Robin Williams marathon together, man. I yeah, mean, that's fine. Uh, so we can do that, but I'm choosing the movies because you guys... You're not doing a good job. Wait, I've agreed with you on everything. Are I, you agreeing with me now? Flubber was a mistake. Flubber was a mistake. Oh, yeah, it's Patch okay. Adams. Absolutely. Right. Over one we, hour. We did it. We did it. Screw you, Flynn. <laughs> um, yes. Do you want to shout out? Still, His still, performance in I, Night at the Museum I as Teddy Roosevelt is somehow. amazing. It was so <laughs> stupid. I, I hate you so much for doing that, Pretty. Um, he incepted my mind. If, he got in my brain had, and said, don't pick Flubber. If I had this had to choose between Flubber and, Flub, Flubber and One Hour Photo, it's One Hour Photo 10 times over 10, so... What? It, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, okay so our well, consensus... I, hold up. I didn't know Robin Williams was in Fern Gully. We need, we gotta re, revis, revisit. Dude, he's baddie. Flynn, <laughs> how, name is how baddie. did you not do any research <laughs> for this? <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't just pull up a list to remind yourself of all the movies you haven't seen. You actually were just like, I know five. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, I'm looking at the list now. So Jesus. The perfect, time, the perfect time to look at the list. Okay. Let me tell you what the top 10 
Bourbon Brothers podcast broadcasts um, <laughs> consensus Robin Williams performances of all time are number one, Mrs. Doubtfire, two, Genie in Aladdin, three, Dead Poet Society, four, Goodwill Hunting, five, Jumanji, six, Hook, seven, Birdcage, eight, Good Morning Vietnam, nine, Flubber, <laughs> and ten, Patch Adams. So. That is what it is. <laughs> Despite it's the a travesty <laughs> that RV didn't make the list. I that's that I would rather have Flubber than RV. I think, but uh, the the Flubber sneaking in is maybe a small black eye, but this might be the list I'm most okay with. Yeah, I'm I'm fine here. Uh, yeah. Here in Adam yeah. Sandler, I think we did we did pretty well, um, and mostly because uh, Flynn hadn't seen a lot of movies and he listened. So. <laughs> but here we go. Uh, is it story time? It's story uh, time. Yeah, so our, here's our next um, topic <laughs> of the evening. We're going to do a little Dr. K story time. And in case you're new to this segment, Kevin will take a very mundane event in his life, draw it out for five minutes. Uh, the plot points in it will be very brief, but he'll talk for a minute. And then he will ask our opinion and uh, or our version of that story. And we'll all talk about uh, Kevin's story for a minute. So... Dr. Kevin, or obviously it's co-doctor Hofkamp and co-doctor Pretty, so commoner Kevin, what is your story for the evening? Dr. K's story time. Man, Pretty, can we just make that rant the drop for Dr. K's story time from now on? Because <laughs> it was pretty good. Uh, you can just speed it yes, up with some nice music behind it. That would be awesome. Yeah, two um, times the speed there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... Um, Okay, so this is less of a story and more of a here's what I've been thinking about. Um, so, so, and I'm going to do something somewhat dangerous that we've only done a couple times on this podcast, recognizing our listenership and, and you know, the time we spend in nerddom. But I want to talk briefly about sports. And this topic is really sports adjacent because um, you don't need to be a sports fan really to, to have an informed opinion here. Um, but Saturday was the first preseason football game for the New York Jets. They're playing the New York Giants as they do every preseason to kick things off. And I was really excited because uh, we have a new quarterback with the second overall pick. We grabbed Zach Wilson out of BYU. And he was taking the field for the first time, and I was excited to see how he was going to do. And as I was about to watch this um, watch this preseason game, I, I was like, okay, I need to go upstairs. Because the second that we chose Zach Wilson, um, I took all my former New York Jets uh, quarterback stuff. We had Sam Darnold on it. I put it in, away, and I ordered some stuff that said Zach Wilson. So I have a Zach Wilson jersey that I can wear um, if I go see this guy play football. And as I was thinking about walking up the stairs to put this jersey on, to root for this guy, I got just kind of just uncomfortable with the fact that I'm 33 years old and I'm just giddy to wear the name and number of a 22-year-old boy uh, around my house while I watch him make millions of dollars to, fl- to play football. And, and, you know, he's a Jet, so it's probably poorly playing football. So I, you know, I... I I'm having a hard time rationalizing the fact that he was born in 1999, and I own something with his name on it, and I paid money for it. Like, no, someone didn't just give this to me. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I got my first ever 
jersey and and it was a Thomas Jones jersey and it was in 2009 when Thomas Jones was a running back for the Jets. We'd gotten him from the Bears. They were doing really well. I bought the jersey. I never got one growing up, even though my father's a big Joe Namath fan. Now I own like 12 of these things with all these people's names on them. And they're all players that I grew up watching or watched in their prime while I felt like I was a young person. I now have a young person living in my home. And I'm not old at 33. You guys like to say I am, but I'm not. But he's 11 years younger than me. And, you know, 11 years ago, I was in high school still. And I'm like, I, I really am struggling. So I guess my question for you guys is, at what age is it no longer acceptable for a grown man to walk around wearing the jersey of current players in the NFL who are much, much younger than they are? Or is that just something that's a reality in life and... Once they become the quarterback of your team, you get to do everything you want to show them the the love and adoration that you can and support. And who cares if they're 12 years old in your mind? Um, help me rationalize this. So uh, I'll jump in first as the, uh, the person who's probably least experienced with this. Um, uh, first off, I want to say, so uh, Kevin, did you rename your son? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I named my son. Um, oh, okay. I named my son Sam after Sam Darnold, quarterback of the New York Jets. Um, people in my family like to think it's after my failed grandfather, of the New who York was Jets. my hero. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's also after the failed quarterback, current quarterback of the Carolina Panthers, who will win the MVP this year. I mean, just for sure. Um, post <laughs> Adam Gase, post you know, uh, all that stuff. So yeah, I, yeah, my son Sam is now Zach. Good, good question. Anything else to say? <laughs> Great. Uh, yeah, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say is, uh, um, so I personally have never owned any type of, um, sports jersey. Uh, I am very much a, uh, a nomad when it comes to, uh, uh, loyalty to any particular fandom. Um, I am trying to, to, uh, like my, my future, uh, future father-in-law, he's a huge Braves fan. So I'm, I'm That's gross. jumping in with the Braves, uh, with him. Yeah, I know it's baseball. I know it's baseball. No, it's he doesn't have an allegiance to football gross. at all. Uh, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying by this though is, um, I don't think uh, the I think the the limit exists once you kind of pause for a second, as you're doing now, and saying, "Hmm, these people are X amount of years younger than me." There's probably some kind of weird math equation where you could be like, "Oh." Seven years plus four divided by two. If it's greater than that, then whatever. I sh- I shouldn't care. But the point that I'm trying to make with this is, uh, Kevin, it's all in your it's all in your own mind. Whatever you think, whenever you think you're too old. Personally, I think you're too old for it. But that's just me. You, listen, you should be a mental health professional. You know, I asked you for nope. I asked you for uh, your opinion on something, and you said, "Well, what do you think?" Uh, do whatever you think. So that's basically what Hubcamp does all day. I don't. I don't you know. tell you how to do your profession. I just tell you that uh, you're not a real doctor. Um, <laughs> it. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's that problematic. The man's a professional now. Uh, you should be able to berate him about him about the impact or about how well he's doing his job or not because he's a professional and he gets paid millions of dollars to do it. Um, I have shifted a little bit. I no longer take too much anger at the players. 
I shift everything more towards management because like every player is out there trying to win and do their best. So yeah, I'm going to support the good ones, the ones I love, the ones that I've come across. Now this guy's played zero downs in the NFL, Kevin. So yeah, you're probably a little too early and like being real weird and creepy about it. But um, <laughs> okay. okay, you know, well, I bought the jersey. Uh, it's not that. You know, I didn't. I didn't write him a love letter. Okay. No, just Kevin has a jersey. poster of him Sounds above like his bed. You mean you didn't send him the love letter? Well, right. Yeah, I, I wrote it. <laughs> it's written. <laughs> yeah, I listen to Dido and I write him love letters. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say when I was at, uh, I worked at a high school for a year, and I went to one of the football games, and the opposing team's player like dropped an open twenty some odd yard pass. And I just felt so bad for that kid because I was like, you know that this game was huge for him and he was he just wanted to make his team proud. And I feel so bad that he's he's now like really upset about this game. That means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. Um, Like he's never going to go pro. This was just a game that he had in high school that he might be like, man, I should have caught that pass. But it's devastating to him in the moment. So I realized then that was high school, granted. But like I think that it just happens where you shift your focus from players matter. And you can be mad at what's happening on the field. But I think you have to draw your ire to the right people because now you are informed enough to know who the right people to be mad at are. Yeah, I went through this, Kevin, myself a tad when I started working as a higher education professional. Um, I, I was watching, uh, I'm, a, I'm a UK basketball fan as well as an NKU basketball fan. And so I, I was watching a UK game with my UK jersey on. Um, and I just thought to myself, I'm like, I am an employee at a college. And these are students at a college. And I am idolizing them. It was weird. It was it was very weird. So I went through that a little bit. I haven't gone through that really as a as, with professional players because it's their job. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I get where you're coming from. We we get older, they stay the same age. It seems there will come a time, Kevin, where you are closer to your son's age than the starting quarterback of the New York Jets' age. That is coming. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, wow. <laughs> not not for a while, I would think. Uh, I'm saying it's gonna well, it depends on how good Zach Wilson is. It could be the next quarterback of the New York Jets. <laughs> oh god. Uh Flynn, I just wanted to comment on what you said. I think that's a byproduct of being in Kentucky where there are zero professional sports. That's true. That's true. So everyone idolizes collegiate sports. You know, UK and, so. and U of L basketball are professional sports. Let, 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 let's call a spade a spade. They're, yeah. they're, they're professional sports. Yep. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, no, my, the other thing I wanted to ask you all, ask your opinion, since this is story time, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be a a better Saints fan this season (laughs) sharing and I'm kind of, (laughs) I'm going back and forth on, you know, I'm like, okay, well, Breeze is gone now, so whose jersey do I try to get? Do I go for like a Kamara, or nope, do I this is roll a the dice segue. on like Taysom Hill? I've got, I've Jason got lots Witt, of opinions. James on this Winston. is literally my next point, pretty, and it will answer your question flawlessly. I have shifted to uh, like Hall of Fame, especially yeah. with football. Yeah, uh, don't buy a current player. The last current player I had was Antonio Brown. That was problematic. Wasn't mm-hmm. problematic for several years, but it turned out to be really, really problematic. In the NFL, players just there's a lot going on. It's there's a lot of reasons to end up hating a player, and when they retire, 
and you can just sit there and say, man, I loved everything Heinz Ward did on the field, and he retired a great Steeler, you feel a little bit more pride wearing that jersey. So get a Breeze jersey, keep rocking it, because that man's a hero in New Orleans, and that's never changing. Mm-hmm. There. I 100% agree with you, Hofkamp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not many bingles that I can buy. I was going to say, there's just, so, there's just no heroes for you. Anthony Munoz, but I don't want to wear an offensive lineman jersey. Kevin Case Vaharn. <laughs> yeah, Boomer. TJ Hushmanzada. Yeah, you can wear what, any pass bingo you want as long as it's not Chad Johnson. Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco it is. Okay. Uh, his, name, his name should legally be Chad Johnson. In 2009, during the playoffs, he got shut down by he was Ocho Cinco that year had changed his name that year and he got shut down by Darrell Rivas and he took to the papers and said if he shuts me down again next week because they played twice in the same week because once it was in the play to get in game and once it was in the wild card and at Paul Brown Stadium he said if I get shut down again this week I will change my name back to Chad Johnson and he had exactly zero catches that game and never made good on his bet because he's a twat he is he is legally Chad Johnson now no, but he didn't do it that year. Okay. He okay. was he was that's because he was open every time. They just didn't throw him the ball. So it wasn't he he beat Revis every time. It was just shut yeah. down. <laughs> All right. True story. I think I think that uh, Dr. K's rambling question hour of sports is over. Um, so <laughs> New so <segment>. Kevin, <laughs> I'm gonna let you introduce the next segment because oh that's how we're doing things. Okay, great. So um, I don't know if Pretty's got a drop ready for this by now, but if he does, uh, great. Just just do it, you know, like here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Simple rules. And um, <laughs> or here. We're gonna, oh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Simple rules. Or how, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to do another <laughs> eight simple rules. <laughs> so this is where we decide... Uh, to each go around, we're gonna each be able to propose two rules. And as we did last time for for driving, um, you know, we we have strong opinions about the ways in which human beings should uh, exist in the world. So there are rules of the road, and then we came up with unwritten rules that we've then now transitioned to written rules uh, by us. We will do the same today. This one came to mind as Flynn and I just got done with a road trip together. Um, that there are some things that should always be the case on road trips. So we're going to come up with eight simple rules for road trip etiquette. And we're going to go in reverse age order here and start with Jacob Pretty, and then Flynn, then Hellcamp, then me, and we will do that same order twice. We'll come up with our final list of eight. And uh, feel free to comment along the way. Let's just let's just have let's just have a little party, little, some fun. All right. So uh, I've also taken several road trips this year. Um, thrice I have driven. But your whole life is a damn road trip. That is, that is true. That is true. If I had one car, my entire existence of like, dr- if I've driven one car for just the years that I could drive thus far, um, I'd easily have over a million miles. Not even. You joking. said that so eloquently. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But since he drives a Prius, he only would have filled up on gas. But like since three I drive times. a Prius, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's only used no. forty-two gallons of gas ever. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, totally. The seafoam um, adds no, no, an no. extra 70,000 miles per <laughs> gallon. 
<laughs> makes it way more aerodynamic, you know? He's basically a seagull. So I've got I've got like a bajillion different rules that I kind of follow when road tripping, uh, but probably the most important, and I'm gonna it, this kind of combines two, but um, it, the first is a general um, bathroom breaks between yourself and the party should be coordinated, uh, and they should last no more than fifteen minutes. That is the most that you should ever make a stop. So define bathroom break versus like a lunch break. So thank you. Good, good clarification. So I define like the lunch break is like where you plan. Okay, cool. I don't know, Flynn, when you go take a bathroom break at work, is it different than your lunch break? (laughs) (laughs) I got nothing. No, he said said no more than 15 minutes ever. And I'm just, I'm just wanting a clarification. When you go to lunch, the break should no longer be, should be no longer than 15 minutes. But when you take a lunch break, Flynn, it can take a little longer. Every time I go to the bathroom, at work it's 15 minutes so <laughs> give him something to do <laughs> i'm trying so okay to clarify so for Please. example cat and i uh recently went to uh um uh some beach what beach i don't know whatever it was we in the beach. central was about, time zone we all know a, that yeah, yeah central time zone there you go yes thank you thank you hove camp thanks for remembering my schedule um it was about 11 right. hours away right and I mathed it out that I was like, okay, great. We'll have to stop twice to fill up for gas. One of those times we'll make it our lunch break. That's fine. We'll give ourselves, you know, 45 minutes at most. Any, But aside from those two stops, I don't allow – well, not that I don't allow, but I try to make it, okay, if we have to stop for the bathroom, it's got to be 15 minutes or less. I'm fine with this. I, I, think, I think an added caveat for me is – all, and Flynn was pretty good about this – is on our last trip. I think it's possible folks are going to need to go to the bathroom, right? It's a bodily yeah, function. for sure, for sure. Um, you need to give the driver a 30-minute notice at minimum. Like, if you're going to have to pee, you got to yes. say, you know, listen, when we get to a stop, you know, in the next 30, you need to give me a stop. You can't say, you know, I, you know, I need to go now or can we stop to pee now? Because I'd be like, ah, you know, I'm on a groove, um, and also sometimes you, you pass sketchy exits and there could be better ones. So I think, you know, I would just add that as an addendum, but I agree with your, with your, point. I, uh, I wrote a, this was a separate rule and I think it could easily be a separate rule, but I wrote a few, so I'll throw it in here cause it's very applicable. I think the driver uh, has an obligation to check with the car at every sign for a rest stop. Cause those do not involve actually like getting off the highway for snacks, for drinks. Facts. So it is a quick bathroom break. Rest stop. Yes. Okay. And so you say, Hey, there's a rest area in two miles. Do we need to take it? Anyone in the car? And that's a good point to say, Hey, I wouldn't mind it. And then everybody will go pee because they have to, uh, and they're just being respectful. But I think that's a, a fair thing to do as the driver to just say like, this is how we can most efficiently take a five minute bathroom break in some instances. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And so I'm going to make my new, my rule very similar so we can continue on the conversation if we want to. But, um, as a passenger, um, and so, so before I go into it, Kevin, Kevin alluded to it. He, he and I went to a conference in Chicago. What was it? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. And, it, Kevin drove. Uh, it was just us two in the car. Other our other colleagues drove in other cars. It was just me and him. Um, the passenger in that situation 
has an obligation to dehydrate themselves enough so that they're not constantly asking to stop. So what I do usually, my normal day, I drink water all day. And I am so constantly much. needing to use the restroom. Like, I, I, I drink over a gallon of water a day. Um, but when I am on a road trip, I don't drink water. And I, I intentionally dehydrate myself to the point where I don't have to go pee all the time. And then when I get home, I chug a bunch of water. Um, because I don't want to be a hindrance to the driver. Um, and this is, this is born out of experience because... When when my wife Lauren worked in in Wisconsin for a summer, uh, <laughs> I drove up with her to help her move in, uh, as as did her mother. She followed us up in a separate car, and then I rode back with her mom um, from Wisconsin. It's about a ten hour car ride, um, and I swear to you, this woman drank uh, six bottles of sparkling water in like the first hour and a half of this car ride, and so. We stopped every 45 minutes for 10 hours uh, so that she can pee. We stopped 20 minutes from my house so that she could use the restroom. Um, so it's born out of experience. I believe that if you're a passenger in, in the car, um, you have an obligation to somewhat dehydrate yourself, not to the point of being unhealthy, but to the point of you're not going to have to stop a lot. I, I, I wrote that as... Passengers must moderate liquid intake. Yep. That's I wrote a better that way of B, saying it. I wrote that as be a dehydrated passenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put yourself in harm's way. Um, okay. Hove, what is our uh, our third I rule? Think, uh, I think there is, uh, Flynn, a, an addendum to be made where it's like if the, the driver is like, let's be hydrated and pee all, uh, often, you guys should be healthy. I think that we should just <laughs> put that in there. Yeah, I mean that's fair. If the, if the driver's I, I okay with stopping all the time, from here to L.A. No, if the driver's okay stopping have. all the time, do it. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll do my normal intake of water. But if the driver's like, we're not stopping for three hours, I don't want to be in the way of that. Right. Yeah, I think you should be prepared to go for well over an hour in between every stop. Um, here, so this is most of the road trips I go on uh, typically have involved copious amounts of drinking on the road trip not during the car ride necessarily but but while we're there at once at the at, destination at, it, it, there is some form of of heavy drinking going on and there's some work trips and stuff but it's really the and and to the credit of i think everyone in this friend group we've been very mindful of this respect the struggle bus yeah that car ride home is not as easy for everyone for me, if I'm real struggle, I gotta sit up front. Like I will be vomiting all the time. There was one time where I was I was on the struggle bus and I said, "We gotta pull over, guys." And it was okay. And they pulled over and I sprinted into the woods. So like the, everyone's been very respectful of it. Um, Flynn, when Cezak was in a state of Milwaukee, uh, you know, you, there was just there's just ways of uh, when when someone's struggling. They might need some special things, and it shouldn't be like, can you tough it up for a little bit? It's like, no, maybe we just need this person to be as comfortable as possible and survive yeah. the trip. I mm -hmm. think that we've all been in the in the car hungover, and the driver is at a comfortable 
temperature, but you need it to be about 25 degrees <clears throat> cooler in the car um, with oh the sun God. beating on you. We've all been in that situation where you're just like, I think this was me after Kevin's wedding, after we drank all of his, his angels. <laughs> in. Yes. This was me. I was, I, I was dying on the way back from Louisville. I mean, I was taking, you know, uh, Tums and I was taking uh, antacids all over the place. And, you know, we actually had to stop because Someone had to be helicarried or helicoptered out. Uh, oh my of, god, of the traffic! Wreck. I remember that. Yeah, uh, and so I was just like, I just wanted to get home to take a nap, and I was just, oh my gosh. So I, we've all been there. We've all been in that that situation. So I agree. Respect everyone in the car who is in that situation. That might be somewhat contradictory to what I'm about to say, um, but I agree with it in principle. Um, Taking the struggle bus out of the equation, the fourth rule on our list will be, um, you know, as the person who often drives, because I really enjoy the act of driving on the road trip. I don't like to be a passenger very often. Um, You can ask to change the music and mess with the radio station. I'm fine with that. Um, But you do not have my permission to touch my AC unit. Um, you can control the the audio environment in my car. I'm fine with it. I like most types of music. But if you're a passenger in my car and it's too cold for you, bring a blanket. <laughs> um, if it's if the if the AC is going too hard for you, shut the one next to you um, and deal with it. But the driver's comfortability is most important on the long road trip. Um, my car will always be very cold, um, especially if we're driving long distances. It's one of the things I appreciated about driving with Flynn. Flynn also likes it cold, so we were fine keeping it at 66 and, and you know, on a medium. Um, that cold? It was, I mean, that's that's not, not cold. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this. My, I had flip-flops on, and my feet got a little chilly, and I, I, then I, I did adjust it so that my, my side of the vehicle was not blowing on my feet, but I loved loved every other second of it. Yeah. So again, you can you can mess yeah. with your space um, and the vents that you are assigned to control, but you cannot touch that level temperature. Um, now, I was a courteous host when Flynn got in my car. I said, "You can do whatever you want in this region," and pointed at the dash because that's also a, a gentlemanly thing to do. But I did that only knowing the fact that Flynn likes it cold. Um, <laughs> but you know, my wife, who will listen to this eventually, uh, needs to hear me say, "Stop." touching my AC unit when you're in my car. Uh, wear pants or something to, to keep, be less cold, but you you do not have my permission to adjust the temperature. Can that be the title car. of the episode, just wear pants? <laughs> wear pants. Okay. Wear pants, comma, All right. you do not have my permission. Okay. So audio. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Okay. That's maybe a little problematic of a title yeah. of an episode. Maybe. Right, we're back to pretty with um, number five. I think I think that there is like layers to the road trip rules where like yes, no one messes with the AC, uh, but if you're on the struggle bus, you can mess. You get to demand AC above and beyond whatever the driver yeah, needs. Yeah, because, I, I qualified again, the, yeah. the struggle oh, yeah, bus no, I aside. I actually was making lots of rules and realized that it's almost like we needed a flow chart for this. Like this is eight <laughs> simple flow charts of road trip rules. Are you on the struggle bus? <laughs> yes. This way. No. no. This way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so my rule, um, 
which has been one that uh, at least, uh, let's see, Hope Camp, you and I uh, nailed this, and then uh, um, Kat uh, and I doing a bunch of road trips have recently like really gotten this down to a science. Uh, my rule that I like to pose is if you're doing any kind of because uh, I, Kevin, I also love to to drive and will happily drive most of the time, if not the whole thing. But like Hove Camp and I have done a trip before where we left at midnight and we established a very clear, okay, pretty drives six hours. When he gets tired, Hove Camp wakes up, Hove Camp drives. So my rule is this. It is, it's kind of a dual rule. If you are going to do the co-pilot uh, responsibilities and duties, you must adhere to all co-pilot duties, meaning that if you are going to be a true co-pilot and take over as pilot of said drive, you must make sure you are resting so that way when the driver is tired, you can take over immediately. On the flip side, if you are going to be the co-pilot in the sense of I'm just here to help with whatever you need, I fully expect that every time I'm like reaching for a bottle of water or a soda or something that that co-pilot is there being like, boom, here, got you. Here's the water. Here's the soda. This is where we turn right or whatever. Whatever you need to do, if you're going to co-pilot, co-pilot to the best of your abilities. Okay. I uh, tend to agree with too many different rules. Yeah, as I say, I tend to agree with the philosophy here, <laughs> but I want, I want you to recall the name of the segment. This is eight simple rules. So try to break that down yeah. into a quick sentence. Yeah, so the sim- the sentence is if you're gonna co if you're gonna co pilot, co pilot to the best of your abilities. Okay. All right, I can do. It. I mean, that seems that doesn't seem like a rule as much as it is like a just this weird. There's nothing no, worse. No, we no no no. There's nothing worse than someone sitting up front and not doing anything. Let me tell you a story. Not helping out. We one time I I took our uh, uh, I took a a friend of ours. Um, uh, to vacation with my family and on the way back we decided to leave overnight and so we drove through the night and so i like to drive and so i was like i'll just drive the whole time he fell asleep in the passenger side car of the car um and all of the cds and this is back when there was no bluetooth and at you know three in the morning there's nothing on the radio all the cds were in his door and so he fell asleep with all of the cds so i listened to the same cd for like six straight hours and he woke up and he was like man i'm so rested i was like i hate you right now that's so poor, I, see, I that's poor planning on your that's well, poor planning well, on your see, side yep so here here actually was one of the rules that i had and i think it I guess it's all part of Pretty's all-encompassing rule that doesn't take into it's just account co-pilot. any variance. Co-pilot. The co-pilot should stay awake unless granted permission by the drivers, especially on an overnight trip. If you're leaving at midnight and you have the ability and you're taking two people home, that co-pilot needs to be like, I'm with you to stay awake. We'll stay awake together so it's the safety of the whole vehicle. They can sleep and then we'll switch out when we need to, but like, I'm with you. And yes, yeah, I'm not you hear that, Andrew. My close. responsibility is you hear that. <laughs> so, unless <laughs> unless granted permission by the driver. <laughs> so if if the driver is like, dude, I got this, rest up because I actually need you to drive in four hours, and you need to be rested. Which for is that. what we've done. Yes. So yes. yes, there's again, there's variances to all these rules. Again, flowchart would have been better for this, but I think in general <laughs> the copilot needs to stay awake unless granted permission by the driver. I think we need a full PowerPoint presentation on this. 
Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I could go, I could do a whole thing of eight rules of being the best co-pilot you could be. I, I think we ought to move on to Flynn, but I did want to say one final thing on this topic, which was a rule I was going to bring up, but now I won't because it's too encompassed in Pretty's very large rule. But yeah, it's a crazy uh, rule. Uh, my, my three-word rule was going to be offer to drive. At some point, whoever's the passenger has to say, if you need me to drive, let me know. Now I might not never I might not ever let you know, but you've got to you've got to open that door, because um, I've been on a very and recent road trip, not with Flynn, but with somebody else, and it was it, it was supposed to be ten hours. We hit traffic a lot, so it ended up being thirteen hours, and oh my god, I was dying while driving this car. And if if the guy had just said, "Give me a drive," I would have screamed yes, and I would have pulled over as quickly <laughs> as possible so I could spread out and like stretch or something but he never did so i drove the whole way and when i got home i felt so bad i slept for a day so i think that's uh, i think that's uh something that you need to know about yourself too is like i need to offer to drive on this road trip but i'm not okay to drive right now so it's like hey man are you gonna need me to drive because if so i'd like to take a nap right now so that i yep. can drive or you know right you know, but that's still that's still offering that. to drive oh yeah know? no mm-hmm. with you 100 percent yeah, so I, I reserve the right to drive time. Kevin's truck like an hour and a half into the, the the drive. I was like, I'll drive if you want me to, and he was like, Nah, I'm good. And they drove the whole way. Nah. So last time that was to Chicago. That was no, five, Chicago, yeah. Chicago drive is not hard. Yeah, that was five Flynn, hours. Flynn, so. tell him about the time you took your hybrid Hyundai over the island. Hey, we don't need to talk about that. There, there was an island in the middle of a gas station parking lot for some reason, and I didn't see it. <laughs> He thought and, he was like, all right, uh, I, I parked in a spot we went, I can pull through and just drove up on a sidewalk <laughs> and across it in like a Hyundai Hybrid Sonata. <laughs> was I yeah. in the car then? No, 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 no. No, that was on the way to Kevin's bachelor party. Um, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, there were lots of road, there were lots of travel challenges on the way to that. There were. That, that was something. So. Uh, Flynn, what's our next rule? So my I next rule. I think we rule, got a shot to do this. Yep. I I, I do love I do love. Um, driving that like when i'm on a on a road trip i drive most of the way um but i i I have feelings about being a passenger and so i i my feelings about being a passenger is if there are multiple passengers in the vehicle as a driver i want you all to be having a conversation that i can jump in if if i want um i want that type of entertainment i want an environment where you all feel comfortable talking. I don't want a silent car with a bunch of people in it. However, if there's only one other person, um, the driver should dictate the conversation just like getting a haircut. Mm. The The person getting a haircut should dictate the conversation, not the the hairdresser. And in my situation, the, per, the driver should dictate the conversation, not the passenger. And so Kevin and I, uh, when we were on the way on the way to Chicago, like we talked for a couple hours straight, but then I think there was like a 45 minute period where neither of us talked and it was totally fine. Um, and I, but I was also like, it was also silent because Kevin didn't have any music on in the car. So I, about, (laughs) about 20 minutes into the silence, I was like, I'm going to tote some music on. You were okay with it. Um, but that was you dictating to me. Hey, let's just ride in silence. And I was okay with it. I know there's probably opinions. That is such an amazing segue into my next rule that I'm going to just include these all together. Um, the co-pilot is the DJ. 
The driver has veto. The car should be respected. So, co-pilot, yeah, you're on the sticks. You're picking the songs. Driver says, hey, I'm in the mood for this type of music or, like, don't play this song or whatever. Because, again, it's all about the driver. And also, just be mindful that maybe not everyone in the car has the same taste as you. So, yeah, I I think that that music segue, Flynn, was perfect. Thank you for that. Um, Co-pilot is DJ. Driver has veto. Car should be respected. I like it. Um, I will say that that uh, Flynn played uh, the Monster Mash uh, on our okay. way up, so okay. it was a little odd <laughs> for a moment. Um, oh my god! Okay, wow. so I thought I thought that was a victory lap that Flynn was about to be taking from that. I, I, I am. That so I, I have I have this playlist on Spotify, and it's it's every song that I ever played as a trivia host over you know two years of hosting <laughs> trivia. So it's 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 literally fifty seven hours long uh, yep, of just random like songs. Um, and so, so I just turned this on and like the third song that comes on is the monster mash and Kevin goes, what are we listening to? <laughs> I mean, I was fine. I like the monster mash, but we, we went from Mo Bamba to the monster mash and then it was like, oh, yeah. and then it was like, girls just want to have fun or something. And I was like, okay, now I have to check in. Um, is this Flynn's get ready in the morning playlist? I have a, I have a trivia playlist as well. The, the trivia playlist is perfect eclectic music because you are trying to predict yeah. the music that will not upset strangers mm-hmm. so yeah. you get it exactly and what Flynn it is. and I both have over two days of it on yeah. our Spotify accounts yeah and usually I just put it on on shuffle and I'm like whatever random stuff happens I have this song on there um it's called oh man what's it called Dominic the Donkey is what it's called. Yeah. It's a Christmas song. Jiggity jiggy yeah. yeah. the Dominic the Donkey. And so, so fun thing for this week, uh, we're all going to Colin's birthday party um, on, on Friday. Uh, and he has requested to use my trivia playlist as oh, the, no. the music. Oh, boy. And I'm really hoping Dominic the Donkey comes <laughs> on. I'm so excited if that happens. Hold report back. I am... Uh, you should just set it that way. Yeah, I think, the, I think my favorite thing to do with the trivia playlist is to, like, I look over whenever um, I'm sitting there with quarantine, thinking about what's, like, listening to the trivia playlist while whatever is happening. I like to try to remember what question could have possibly prompted this song to be on the playlist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, this song is probably quarantine. a song about uh, donkeys. <laughs> Speaking of quarantine, my uh, the, there's a group text between Hove Camp, me, Lauren, and Allison, um, and so so. I didn't have Allison's number saved, and so I saved it, and when I was saving it, I was, you know, I don't know, I was absent-minded, and I was like, what's her last name? And I thought for about half a second, and I was like, ah, I'm just going to put quarantine. So it's Allison quarantine in my phone now. Well done. So That's, that's better than actually <laughs> yes. thinking it was quarantine. Kevin, close us out here. Okay, number eight. And this is one where, you know, I think I've been pretty complimentary, and Flynn's been equally complimentary of me. We both did a good job road tripping together. But let me tell you I've something. Heard, that I've heard that, nothing but shade from both of you. Let me see, tell you something that he that he did not do. Well. <laughs> we did eat at Arby's. Uh, uh, let me tell you something. Well, that, that was that was because it was like Wendy's. Um, is there about to be a ninth rule? <laughs> no. He, here's something he did not do well. Okay, and this is true for a lot of people, including both Flynn and my wife. Um, if you bring something into my car, you are 100 percent responsible for taking that thing out yeah. of my car. What did I leave if, in your if car? If that thing is trash, the very next time we, we're we exiting the car, that trash needs to be coming out of my car. So if you get coffee at a gas station 
and yeah, then we get to the hotel. And the next day, I get in the car, and your coffee cup is still in my car from the gas station the next the day before. Why don't you just take that out when you put it in the car? Why don't you take it out of the car? Go put it in the trash can. Trash brought by a passenger into the vehicle. You are welcome to bring food and snacks into my car. You are welcome to bring your bags and all your stuff and your phone chargers and your all sorts, your neck pillows and whatever you want. But when when the destination has been reached, get your stuff out of my car. I should not have to clean the car after our road trip. Now, Flynn, that was not an egregious violation. That was, you know, that was one coffee cup one time. But but it, it stuck with me uh, we, because we, it just so showed me. No we one's already ever talked about you. how me and Kristen are basically the same person when it comes to cleanliness and organization. That's true. So we talked about that on the on, on the car ride. So, so you're saying, so Flynn, what you're saying is Kevin is married to you. Yeah. Yeah, a much prettier version of me. And you're married to someone that is maybe taller than Kevin. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, each definitely other. looks older, according to a waitress at uh, the the melting pot uh, a couple years ago. I married older and shorter, and Kevin married someone as organized and clean as I am. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Uh, I love you both, but clean up after you damn selves if you're gonna bring stuff into my car. Um, Our coworkers already think we're married, so. So now, now we know why Kevin wanted to do this segment, just so he could bring up the piece or the. I coffee left the coffee mug in his, his car, car a couple couple weeks ago. <laughs> and we know why he put himself last too. This was yeah. this is yeah, this exactly. is this was, oh yeah this was definitely yeah. orchestrated. Yeah, was and you know what? You know what? I'm gonna let Hofkamp throw it to me in the last segment. Because he'll do that. He's just good to do that. This <laughs> is how healthy people in relationships handle conflict is on the, your podcast. <laughs> you, you bring up Air your conflict. on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. In a subtle exactly. way. <laughs> yes, I think I've um, been uh, pretty subtle. Here's a, a quick yeah, synopsis okay. of the rules as I have them written. Um, so feel free to adjust these. Uh, pee quickly. Be a dehydrated passenger. <laughs> Respect the struggle bus. Don't mess with the driver's AC. Be the best co-pilot you can be, which I guess is like with the Army and Navy and Air Force like merged slogans. Uh, driver dictates convo, two-person only. Co-pilot is DJ. Driver has veto. Car is to be respected. And number eight, take your... I actually did not write stuff, but take your stuff with you. <laughs> That's what a pretty good write? list. That's, That's good. a pretty good list. If the whole world yeah, started so following fun. those eight rules, then uh, then the world would be a better place. So many ro- so many successful road trips because of that, for sure. Other and I than think Flynn's I th- egregious errors, I think in general we constantly respect those rules. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we've I think we've done well in the spirit of uh, of you know bipartisanship and um, and collaboration. I- I'll say cheers, gents. Uh, what uh nicely done uh, nicely yeah. done is that how we're closing now i leave for one episode and that's how you decided to close no i cl- i closed it last First week in the all, spirit of bipartisanship and collaboration <laughs> that's how i was closing this segment pretty why don't oh. you close oh, this out case, with yeah, a story i'm sorry Whew. will you please just okay. cheers me so we can move on with the actual closing of the show cheers Cheers! Thank you. Cheers! Pretty, Cheers. pretty. Why don't you Why don't you regale us with with some of your stories from Destin? My stories from Destin. Oh, we're back on We're back on this. 
<laughs> oh, you mean how... Okay, well, no, no, no. Before you do actually go... Well, you didn't ask for it, but <laughs> there it was. The Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Have a drink on us, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Uh, but I do want to tell y'all, stand-up paddleboarding, that's my new thing. Hove Camp and I were talking that about it. That should be your thing. We're going to do it. Yeah, I think it, when people it are like, what's Pretty's thing? That should be your thing. Stand-up stand paddleboarding. Up, oh, that's pretty, you know, the stand-up paddleboarder. Um, that's his thing. <laughs>